Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Okay, podcast starts now. What's up, Stradios? It is Sam and George on a gorgeous Saturday morning recording our podcast known as Stradio Lab Internationally. Sam, your voice has a coziness to it today. <laughs> I actually felt that and I decided to lean into it because I I woke up a half hour ago. I'll say that. Okay, say that. that's what it is. And <laughs> but now it's it's in a way where I'm kind of, you know, um through what's the word? Um, sorry, I'm still hunting <laughs> no podcasting until I've had my coffee. Sheesh. Oh, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're drinking coffee. I'm seeing, I'm seeing iced coffee. Is that correct? Yeah, but for the wrong reasons. It's because I, ever since we had Josh Sharp on, truly, I subscribed to Grady's like, <laughs> like cold brew thing, and I was like, because it saves so much money. Does it really? Was, oh, because yeah, you normally buy it. Well, I keep saying I'm not going to, but then I do buy it because I end up like being late or whatever. Oh, interesting. So then just having it in the house, I'm like, well, this is so much better. Yeah. Wait, I want to go back to your voice. Okay. Because to me, it was like when you started speaking, I was like, it had the vibe of like, no homo, but it had the vibe of like waking up next to you and then you turn and you're like, hey, babe. Wow. That's really something. I, I'm glad I... I do have that range. Yeah, I you're feel able like... to channel that in a way that is difficult, just only via audio. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's definitely not something that I would have said I could do before I did it. And I think that's why it's so important to sometimes jump before you look, look, leap before you look, you get it. Leap before, before you look. Yeah. Uh, George, how are you doing on this gorgeous uh, morning? I'm good. I am. Um... Baby. <laughs> Baby, how are you doing on this gorgeous morning? <laughs> hey, babe, I made some oatmeal. <laughs> I we am, slept late. I we slept late. Oh my god, I love staying in bed with my baby. <laughs> um, I'm doing well. I woke up at Matthews and then came here. So I'm like, you know, when you already have been on the subway, you're like, well, it's midday. Yeah, it's all downhill spaces. from here. There's this nothing is that time like, thing. Yeah, it's it's very much that. Time. I mean, when you go into the subway first thing in the morning, already you feel like you're commuting. Yes. It, it is now legally a, a Wednesday for it's you. It's now legally a Wednesday and I have a deadline coming up. And guess what? I'm late on it. <laughs> Not to mention all my troubles in love. <laughs> Not to mention all my troubles in love. Yes, I was running away from my boyfriend <laughs> on the subway. Um, but I'm good. It is uh, not to be, you know, not to talk about the weather, but I don't know if you've been outside today. Today, it's officially fall, y'all. <laughs> It's officially fall, y'all. It's fucking cold out. I'm, you know, this is, I hate the seasons. Can I just say that? I've always oh, felt interesting. this way. Okay, interesting. <laughs> say more. Because I'm like, I'm kind of a season queen. Like, pick one. I hate that, like, it always leaves you wanting. Like, when it's summer, I want fall. When it's fall, I want winter. When it's winter, I want summer. When it's spring, I'm unhappy. Right. I I'm never content, and it's a metaphor for, you know, always uh, craving. It's consumerism. <laughs> it is consumerism. You're right. I mean, it is like it's designed to, uh, well, even just the change of it is like, well, I have to buy new clothes. I have to, like, come up with new activities. I have to, You can't ever settle into a routine because the weather keeps changing. And have I told you my pitch? Tell me. Okay. Hear me out. Fall, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, you winter, have to Winter is on Wednesday. Uh -huh. Spring is on Thursday. It's summer all weekend. But I'm sorry. I understand like you're you've branded it in a way that is certainly compelling. I could absolutely see you pitching this to investors and them being excited about it. And I commend you for that alone, just yeah. for the rhetoric of your pitch. But realistically, that would be an absolute nightmare. Why? Because you couldn't. I mean, you <laughs> because it's too much change. I mean, talk about consumerism. You have to come up with a different personality every morning when you wake up. You can't pack for a trip. You can't like, what if you have a long weekend and then suddenly Monday is fall? <laughs> I feel like that's an interesting point. I definitely think um, sort of our economy would shift a bit. I think maybe fashion would change to be, I'm seeing more zip-offs. I'm seeing more tearaways. Yeah. Well, um, I'm seeing a fashion week pretty much every two days to introduce the new collection <laughs> because they only have one day to sell it. Wow. I love, I love the network notes of this uh, pitch. I mean, I, I think while I understand, yes, of course, it will be hard for, to figure out, but that's what the producers are there for, to figure out how we can all make this work. Because well, you're I think creating jobs because there's going to be an entire industry that's like <laughs> their, their job will be like transitioning everyone quickly from fall to winter to spring. So it'll be kind of like an SNL crew of people and everyone will be like, they're such pros. These people, they really know what they're doing. Like they're the real heroes. Yeah. I think the only people it would hurt for is like maybe like backpackers, like going for like weeks at a time 
Like they they will suffer. Sure, I guess. The normal person they'll have two, you know, two fall looks, two winter looks, two one spring look. And then the, for the summer, they're just chilling. It's actually also good laundry wise because you have one look per day and then you can just kind of do your laundry on Sunday and then restart the next week. And think about how it would energize the laundry business. <laughs> That's right. So you are in many. I mean, you're creating jobs left and right, really. Yeah. Let's call Joe. Who's Joe? Biden. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Heard of him. Heard of him. <laughs> interesting um we both watched dune last night i know do we want to talk about it we can discuss it briefly did you watch it on hbo max or on the big screen i went to the big theater baby Me too. really yeah yeah wow um did you like it or um i i liked it fine i was not like blown away by it but i was like very happy to experience it for two and a half hours i thought <laughs> timothy looked absolutely incredible he did look um, great i thought rebecca Huge ferguson credit- was great. I had never yeah. even laid eyes on her before. <laughs> she was incredible. I, I love I mean, when she does the voice. Oh, that was probably my favorite part. I wish there was way more the voice. The voice was, yeah. I mean, sorry, spoilers for our guest we who legally cannot speak because we haven't introduced her, but um, she's <sighs> seeing it later. But this is not really a spoiler. It's just part of the plot of Dune is that you can do the voice. And if you do the <laughs> voice, then you make people do things. So suddenly if I'm like, if I want to make Sam do something, I will suddenly be like, turn up your mic. And then <laughs> he will he will listen to me and turn up his mic. Um, and that to me, I was like, now we're talking. That came maybe like a third of the way through and I was excited for more voice. I also needed more worms. I'll say it. I need a little more colors. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to be completely honest. I was thinking that like, it would be nice if one of the planets was pink. Give me a fucking worm that's like glittery for a second or like yeah. bright yellow. <laughs> it does seem intentional. There's a sort of beige. It's yeah. a, it's kind of an Everlane aesthetic, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read that interview with Dennis Villeneuve where he said he was really inspired by Everlane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, they're a sponsor of the film. It's a, it's a, it, the whole thing is an ad. For it doubles Everlane. as a runway show. Yeah, it doubles as a runway show for their fall collection, which will be available for exactly one day. <laughs> interesting Ugh. yeah i mean i listen i i'm so glad i saw it i like arrival better say that say that and i did <laughs> and um zendaya is in it for approximately 90 seconds to, to to tease her as if this is going to be like the biggest role in the world and then have her say maybe three lines mm-hmm. is kind of iconic and it's actually how many alternative comedians promote um, their appearances on TV 100%. shows. 100%. <laughs> Zendaya is the alt comic that got one line in high maintenance and then posted better and was like, working with the team was an absolute dream. <laughs> Yeah, they made a full week's worth of posts out of it. We yeah. saw stories. We saw yeah, Zendaya's, <laughs> Zendaya's literally on the cover of magazines promoting her essentially guest appearance on Dune. Yeah, she got paid an under five. <laughs> yeah, she was a day. She was a day player. <laughs> um, she did look incredible. She looked incredible. I like her little stare. It really does get me. Yeah, no, it's. I do think once your eyes are fully just uh, blue left to right no white it's difficult not to have a dramatic stare (laughs) that's a very good point that's a very good point 
Um, I someone I saw it with, and I won't say who. I don't know if he wants his cover blown. Was saying Timothy was giving like Riverdale performance. I, I actually was, thought it was good. I thought it was good. I was getting kind of like Adam Drivery in like Star Wars. Mm, yeah, like I've never seen like Star Wars. I'm not familiar. I know Adam Driver as Adam from Girls and nothing more. <laughs> you honestly, you should watch Star Wars because it is funny because he doesn't stop being like from girls like yeah it's just funny to watch like the girls and star wars universes collide and it's it's fun yeah i mean <laughs> listen god bless i saw him in this movie called patterson where he played like a bus driver who wanted to be a poet oh, but he was like I saw played, the, did you see that i saw the trailer for that and i was like yeah. there is not a single way on earth i will watch this film. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually very good i saw it on a plane but i was like it, it was it, it's still like he's Adam I can't take him I can't be like oh earnestly this is a bus driver who wants to be a poet <laughs> I mean I guess it's like not that big of a stretch I mean that sounds like his character from girls yeah his character that would be a a storyline that he becomes a bus driver okay which which actor from girls would you like to add into the Star Wars universe excellent question my answer is <laughs> Lena Dunham <laughs> If Lena Dunham were in Star Wars as like a merchant, like I'm seeing like like an evil merchant. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I was thinking more just Hannah Horvath in Star Wars. <laughs> so like everyone else is doing is like fully committing to the roles. And then she's on the sidelines being like, okay, I see what you guys are saying. But like, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> oh, my God. Why don't they... They should have a little more fun. Give us the the Star Wars about 20-somethings in Greenpoint. <laughs> I know. Well, isn't that like, I feel like everything I read about Star Wars is like, makes it seem like that is what it's about. No. No. It's like, it's... <laughs> isn't there, it's, they're all like young now and like discovering themselves. Well, sure, but not like discovering like their careers. They're like... <laughs> aren't they discovering their careers? Isn't no, they're it, like, like learning their powers and stuff. Yeah, well, one could say that girls is about young women learning their powers in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> yeah, my power is writing. <laughs> my power is doing the moth. <laughs> <laughs> wow, classic. It would be fun if when Hannah did the moth in girls, then suddenly like her eyes became blue like in Dune and she figured mm. out her powers. Okay, can I say something? Yeah, yeah. How are we doing? I don't know. Thank you for asking. It is... I can't tell because I, it is a Saturday morning. Yeah. This is, I do think um, it, vibe wise, we are still next to each other in bed, <laughs> having woken up, having coffee. Yeah. And we're yeah. actually kind of, it's like we're taking the concept of a work family being, a, or like a work environment being a family to the next level and actually sleeping together and, and, and waking up together and having coffee together. Yeah, it's definitely a different vibe. And in a way that I can't tell if like, like part of it does feel worky. Like I'm like, because I'm like, I've just woken up. I'm having coffee. I'm on a Zoom call. Right. I'm I like, went, oh. I got on the subway. Call back. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's kind of like, we are at work. We are at work. Huh. What can we do to loosen things up? <laughs> That's a really good question. Let's do something that no one's ever done before. Let's shout out a random word that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's shout out a word. Sorry, I was trying to reference like Garden State and like oh. that bit where it's like, I want to be completely different and original and jump in the air and yell a random word so that I'll always 
be have that moment where I was really unique. Oh, okay. Wait, on the count of three, we can each say a word. <laughs> Are we making up the word or is it a word that exists? Oh, wait, did they make it up in Garden State? Honestly, I hate that I don't remember, but I think <laughs> it was something along the lines of make a random word, like they make it up. Oh, interesting. Okay, here's the word that came to my mind. Manila folder. <laughs> I don't even have any around me. That's amazing. I was going to say egg, but that's like too morning-y already. Oh, yeah. See, you're not thinking outside the box. <laughs> Although I'm thinking manila folder, that's work. We were talking about how we feel like we're in an oh office. Oh, my God. Is there nothing more work than a manila folder? Look at us. We are trapped. We're trapped. We can't come up with our own references or, or, or our own like kind of signifiers. Like we have to, we're, we're so tied to what is in our immediate surroundings and in our conversation. That is so sad. I think honestly, the only thing that will help is if we bring in our guest and get shaken yeah. out of our little. I know. Morning Do you think it's because uh, we launched our Patreon? I've been. <laughs> I've been you, is this a plug? Yeah, I've been trying to plug it all, all intro, and I couldn't figure out a way. Oh my god! Yeah, I think it's because we launched our Patreon. So now we feel professional. Mm. Suddenly, we're making money, and we can no longer be. Uh, what's the word? Not impulsive, you know. Um, like, irresponsible? I don't know. Like Wasteful? No. <laughs> <laughs> like irreverent, random. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Well, should we bring well, in our we, guest? Yeah. I guess subscribe to our Patreon if you want more of this. Oh, my God. This is a horrible plug. To, like, be unsure of ourselves and then plug ourselves doesn't sound okay. right. Okay, wait. Maybe our guest, who I know to be such a positive presence in the world who always builds other people up can build us up when we bring her in okay okay i'm down to try okay well <laughs> without further ado um i we are very excited for this guest um and i'm very excited for everything she's about to teach us i'm excited for her to um professor dom us and teach us all about new things we have never heard of before ladies and gentlemen <laughs> andrea Longchu. There she is. Hello. Hi. Andrea, how are we doing? Um, you're doing um Yeah. I mm -hmm. I I wanna say Please. just first off that it is a microaggression to invite a trans person onto a podcast. Oh, um, we've been so doing that a lot recently. So yeah. we just, really need to be called in. Okay, you know, strike one, there are more strikes. That's baseball. I don't know if you guys have done a baseball episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've, we're familiar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's okay. I just, you know, I, I feel like we all trust each other here. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. like a safe space for me to tell you that you're making this not a safe space. Got it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, not to... Wait, I want to know the next strike. Well, that's strike one. We have to earn the other strikes. Oh, they're not ready yet. <laughs> that's how no. baseball works. You, you, we're not, you we're not out, strikes. George. Oh, I, I, I thought we were already out and Andrea was about to tell us like what the three strikes were. This is truly, this is truly a, like a, a, a young gay child's concept of baseball. <laughs> is, what I have to do is go out there and earn three strikes so I can sit down. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's a reimagining of the sport. You know, I didn't realize having a trans person on a podcast was a microaggression. Here I am thinking I'm uplifting queer voices. <laughs> some, of, some of our voices don't want to be uplifted. Actually, you know, that's the problem is I would like it to be uplifted, but I'm a baritone. 
Oh, oh <laughs> very interesting. I had never I had never thought of it like that. I have a wide range, actually. I, I my I can I can get very low and very high. Are so you? I, do you sing? I did once. Um, like one I did time once. or at a, um, <laughs> I did. It was too powerful, <laughs> and you had to stop. <laughs> no, I did. I did. Um, I did musical theater in high school. Wow! Wow! Feign surprise. <laughs> no, I am surprised. Um, I know absolutely nothing about you, but George um, uh, did say that he envisioned you as someone that would read Dune at the age of four, and that does not read to me as musical theater. Well, look, I, I, I contained multitudes, um, except not Dune. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. I, that's the one multitude that you missed. <laughs> no, I wasn't. That's right. <laughs> in, my, in my multitude trawl, I missed that particular multitude. I... Uh, no, I did theater, and I um, I did theater in college. I, I was a theater studies major for three years, Whoa. and then I still got the minor. Huh. But I did huh. serious. I didn't do musical theater then. I did I did I did uh, straight plays, of course, as we call them. Of course, mm. of course, mm-hmm. including Proof. Remember Proof? With, of course. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal and and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. No. Claire Danes. Claire Danes. <laughs> I don't know who you insulted more <laughs> by confusing the two of them. Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, so we already have microaggressed by having you on our podcast. Right. A correct. tough thing to bounce back from considering we now have to do the podcast. So to think <laughs> basically we're like re uh, reproducing the microaggression every time we speak and every time we ask you a question, it's a lot to put on our shoulders. That's mm-hmm, right, that's mm-hmm. right, you know. Um, but so you, let's see, so you have not read Dune. <laughs> Wait, oh, I promise, Andrea, we really normally the conversation, we're so good at bouncing off one another and, and having the conversation flow. Sam, what do you want to say? Wait, I've got something. Okay, tell, I, t- tell us. Andrea, you are a first of our podcast and that you are the first person to turn off the camera when we are doing the intro. And I feel that we as people who are desperate to be liked oh. read that and, and that and I feel like that got into our little brains and we were like oh we're bombing we're bombing we're bombing and it's like no she's literally just not like there like we cannot see her well we also and- <laughs> get so much we get so much like important positive reinforcement from looking at the face of our upcoming guests as reading the intro and having them like giggle at our jokes and like <laughs> smile or even the opposite like put their head down in embarrassment and then we're like okay funny you know and to have none of that, it's, I mean, we're basically performing in front of a vacuum. Right, right. So what you're saying is that I wasn't, I wasn't there to perform the emotional labor that you generally expect without making explicit. Exactly. Yeah, so you should have if known. If you're wondering really. who was Sam there. <laughs> okay, so we you know, had you on the podcast. We, we had you on the podcast. Strike. The first thing we did was implicitly ask you for emotional labor <laughs> that we then, in fact... Uh, dragged you for not offering us. Okay, well, I mean, I have to say we're only a few minutes in and there are many, we have a lot of time for that that third strike so we can finally win. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I I wouldn't know how this stacks up to your, you know, other episodes, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And if you did, you know, that would actually be worse. That would when be someone, we, we When like, someone comes on the podcast and like doesn't, isn't familiar with it, I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Yeah, thank, thank God. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, 
Well, so the, the joke I was going to use was a uh, first time listener, long time caller. Right. But, um, <laughs> but I actually was listening uh, just before this so that there would be this sort of seamless transition of your Absolutely. Voice. Which episode did you choose? I'm wondering. It's the most recent one. Okay. Um, where in the intro, you guys were talking about uh, uh, Pothole Girl and serotonin humps and... Mm-hmm. And it made me think something I wanted to share with both of you because it's important and to sort of begin the pedagogical process Thank that we're working on today is um, apropos of camels, um, dramedaries, uh, that the, the German philosopher Immanuel Kant, as mm. they say in the UK, um, called uh, the camel the ship of the desert because mm. it's how you get across the desert. Okay. Which I, I, every time now I hear about a camel, I think, oh yes, the ship of the desert. The ship of the desert. And what that means, of course, uh, you know, analogically is that the ship is also the camel of the sea. Huh. Wow. Very That's interesting. And very Dune, to be honest. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> very Dune. Um, do you think it's more problematic to compare natural things to technological things or technological things to natural things? I think it is, I think comparing technological things to natural things is more problematic. Yeah. I've got one that's problematic in that sense. Okay, hear me out. Tell me what you think of this thought. Airplanes, the whales of the sky. Did you just make that up? No, I've thought this for a very long time, actually. Wait, wait, because wait. they're large? Because they, they're they large and the way they move, it's like kind of slow, but also fast. Like it looks slow, but it is fast. <laughs> okay. Andrea, right. thoughts? You're, you're, you're right, because both are large and you can't conceive of speed at that scale. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, it um, yes. Uh, <laughs> however, the, the important thing that's missing from this is, is that planes are, are generally speaking full of people like i'm is this like like a monstro kind of way or like the like jonah's whale kind of a whale where it's i see what you're saying interesting because camels do carry people so it makes sense that they would be the ships of the desert (laughs) that's a good point um okay planes just not the camels of the sky huh oh yeah so you're saying every form of transportation is someone is a camel the subway is the camel of underground (laughs) Well, specifically because the, the camel is the ship of the desert as opposed to like some other animal because it can go for a long time. Oh, okay. Right, I think. Because like it, it solves a problem, which is how to get from here to there. The sky doesn't really solve a problem in terms of places. Sure. Wait, the sky, <laughs> the sky doesn't solve a problem. Okay. We're, we're canceling Wait. the sky for not solving any problems. That's actually an interesting... Wait, I actually would love to talk about the sky. Yeah, we don't get into the sky enough. The sky is one of the most rich um, uh, kind of... I don't even want to say... like, It's kind of a blank canvas where everyone can project their own biases, I would say. <laughs> say more. Because I think a sky can be... I mean, a sky can be ominous, but then a sky can also be completely neutral. A sky can be romantic, but it can also be uh, dangerous. A sky can be the end or the end of Earth or the beginning of the universe. And, but at the same time, it's hard to create a narrative 
out of a blue sky other than like positive like good vibes only and it's hard to create a narrative out of a cloudy sky other than like danger like it, it's not super malleable for like our okay so you're saying it's actually a pretty like um <laughs> she's a simple girl like she it's like she's straightforward with her she's feelings. straightforward okay i, I see I, mean, that, I think that depends on where where are you from sam what climate climatically where are you from um originally what's the climate of say like i'm from michigan and virginia okay okay i feel like because okay virginia you get all the seasons yeah right like and i'm from north carolina you also get all the seasons uh-huh. whereas like if you're from the pacific northwest you must have to figure out a way for that's great true not be. oh i see what you're saying yeah like if you're like yeah yeah so you can't just like wake up every day thinking like the sky is ominous and sad you'll you'd you know be depressed right or if you're from if you're in like i think like there's lots of like ominous blue sky and like breaking bad you know totally because if it's totally empty when it's totally empty you're like what are the clouds afraid of <laughs> right <laughs> also if it's to- well there's also just like the there's the thing of like when the sky is really blue and beautiful, but you can't, but you're inside and you can't take advantage of it. It's almost like it's mocking you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, yeah, when I'm in, say, L.A., I can feel sad when there's a gorgeous blue sky. Well, yeah, that's because L.A. makes you sad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to feel sad when you're in New York City and there's a gorgeous blue sky. Like I am just like, OK, now I'm happy. It doesn't matter what's really going on. I'm in a good mood. I agree. I, I like it. I like working when it's really nice outside because it makes, I look, I like position myself near the out, like by a window. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I mean, I'm just very susceptible to like sad, capital sad. <laughs> sure. You know? um, but I can't use the, I can't use the, the light therapy things because it'll make me crazy. Interesting. But you like it as a backdrop basically. I yeah, think that's artistic. It's like you're already able to remove yourself. It's, you don't see a blue sky and you're like, I have to enjoy it. I have to go outside. You think this is a perfect uh, painting backdrop to my sending emails. It's less than a backdrop. It's more, it's more environmental. It's like there's a dynamism to the sky. Mm-hmm. I like writing on trains too. I like the feeling that like something's happening and oh. that I'm like part of the like the pulsing of the world you know okay i that riding on trains thing is very real i like i issue a challenge to any listener ride on a train and don't feel like randomly emotional like (laughs) right well movement (laughs) is emotionally overwhelming in all forms it's so much yeah the train is the ultimate exploring the space yeah yeah that's right you can't be more exploratory (laughs) the train always comes in clothes you can move in (laughs) Yes. To bring it back to the musical theater. Wow, there that's very true. Um, wait, should we do our first segment, Sam? I was literally going to say the exact same thing. Okay. The crazy thing is I have to get my phone for it. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, then it's on me to describe what the segment is. So this segment is called Straight Shooters. And in it, we ask you a series of rapid fire questions um, to gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture. Um, basically this or this, and you pick one and you can't ask any follow-up questions or we will get pissed off. Um, George, do you want to kick us off? Yes. Um, hard sci-fi or soft 
hardcore porn. Hard sci-fi. Bugs Bunny or Mads Milkinson? Mads Milkinson. Pronounced Maz. Oh, say that. And I think Mickelson actually. Mickelson. And this is why you're here to teach. I'm here. So that we know it's Maz Mickelson, which is a much less dignified name. (laughs) Being named Christopher and going by Topher or being named Christian and going by Zian? Being named Christian and going by Zian. <laughs> um, fighting online for Harry Styles or fighting overseas for Joe Biden? Oh, Harry Styles. Getting a divorce or getting a pet horse? <laughs> getting a divorce. Having malaise or being morose? Oh, malaise. Loving Wes Anderson or hating Wes Anderson? <laughs> I'm seeing French Dispatch literally right after this. Um, so, hating Wes Anderson. <laughs> wow. That's a rich uh, topic, George. Um, okay. <laughs> this is a tough one. Being a scientist in a movie and having your funding pulled, or being in a sci fi movie and someone saying, here, eat. <laughs> Here, eat. <laughs> God, that's so genius, Sam. Thank you. I've been obsessed because I watched like Foundation and then Dune, and like I've really been obsessed with the people that like save the person and are like, drink, you need yeah. water. Like that person is always like, why? We need to find a better way to write that line. It's always the same. Like here, eat. Totally. It's, it's just, being like genre conventions. I'm not a huge like genre fan, which we'll get into later, but like. It, there's something so comforting about knowing the rules of a world. I've been recently rewatching like the Daniel Craig James Bonds, and I'm like, it is so nice that I just like know the beats going in. Yeah. And then they have fun with it, and I'm like, oh, cool, the Bond girl dies this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Oh, my friend George loves it when the Bond girl dies. I love when the Bond girl dies. In fact, <laughs> both the, the ones I've seen recently, the Bond girl dies, and I'm like, okay, try something new. <laughs> Maybe and, she and- lives. Is is uh is shot by the the gay, the fruity Bond villain. Yeah, in Skyfall. By um, uh, Javier, Javier Bardem. Really yes. chewing the scenery, Javier. I have to say, I was like, there's something about that where I it didn't land as much as it should have. I was like, I actually thought it was more gay when Mads Mikkelsen. What? How do you pronounce his name? I think it's Maz Mikkelsen. Maz Mikkelsen. Um, tortured <laughs> naked. What if I'm making that up? What if I'm, what if I'm just completely, like, trolling you right now? I mean, listen. I it would not be the first time. I am so deferential when someone tells me how to pronounce something, and I'm constantly worried that I'm mispronouncing everything. It's also pronounced Javier Bardem. <laughs> oh god. Okay. I mean, that's one of those names where, like, if you or not, or one of those words where it's like, if you didn't grow up like, if you didn't grow up like hearing Spanish or learning Spanish. Like I remember f- first seeing like ha 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 in Spanish and thinking it was ja ja ja. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? Anyway, Javier, <laughs> I I do think I wanted it to be like a, a notch more gay. We've already talked about this with Sam, but. Yeah, I Skyfall is like a movie 
um, not unlike Inception, where it like made me angry. Like I was yeah. mad afterwards. Andrea, um, where do you stand on queer coded villains? <laughs> oh, I uh, l- love them mm-hmm. and think there should be more of them. And frankly, feel that all villains are queer coded. Totally. Uh, on some level. I, you know, I was thinking when I rewatched Skyfall recently, it's so weird that we're all doing that. Just like, you know, just like I know. spontaneously. We're all just little, uh, you know, what's the word? You know, like we're all just, everyone thinks they're so original and we're all doing the same thing. We're yeah. lemmings. Yeah, yeah we're lemmings. Um, <laughs> I uh, remember rewatching it and there's a long shot where like the camera's like right next to Bond next to Danielle Krej and um, <laughs> and um and and Javier is walking towards the ca- towards the camera and doing a <laughs> doing a monologue and it's uh-huh. like a one unbroken shot and he's like out of focus and comes oh I know up. exactly what you're talking about that's it, like the about the rodents yeah it's yeah. a great shot and he's doing he's like it's the introduction of the characters the first time we meet him we don't see him he like is in focus, I think, by the end of the shot. And I, of course, had seen this movie back when it came out. Um, and it took me, it, it was as if that shot had been designed for me to remember that the character was gay. That like, when he was in the, in the background, like far away from the camera, I, I didn't even remember it was Javier Bardem. And then like a third of the way through, it was like, oh my God, it's Javier Bardem. And then as he got closer, I was like, oh wait, is he gay? And then, <laughs> and then he arrives and he has that crazy blonde wig on. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, oh, right. This is, it's a faggot. This is, <laughs> this is the point of the movie is that he's gay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The cinematographer um, talked about how the, the, the focus was actually sort of a metaphor for the closet. And as he came into focus, he Whoa. came out of the closet. Huh. Okay. Film scholar. <laughs> oh, um, JK. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I also like I'm sure this joke has been made a billion times but the blonde hair was a real is a real dead giveaway it's very you know he underwent trauma so then he bleached his hair exactly and then of course (laughs) Judy Dench is his like unsupportive mother I mean I appreciate it honestly I think it's the you know the 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 Krege Bond films have (laughs) undergone a sort of have themselves are in a way themselves walking toward us coming into focus and becoming gayer. Whoa, <laughs> wow, say that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's because they've become more and more, you know, sort of the cheesiness. Cause Casino yes. Royale was very, very serious. Yes, it was. Oh, and tasteful. Very serious, uh, you know, Eva Green, you know, Ava Green. Ava Green. Ava Green. Ava Green. And Ava Green, and of course she dies. Of course, <laughs> and uh, and but then as they you know like Spectre was just you know with like Dave Batista on the train just just very very silly. I have to say I'm like a lot of people criticize the Danielle Craig Bonds as being overly serious and and I I've like fallen into this too where I'm like god I miss just like the pure campiness of like octopusy like the idea that one of the films was literally named octopusy and they just like leaned into it or even like I feel like the Pierce Brosnan ones were campy I mean there was one where he like fences with Madonna like and I'm like oh yeah I do miss that to some extent but then I'm like maybe though 
fully leaning into the earnest seriousness is like even more gay than trying to be campy. Yeah, I think that has to be, I think that's, I think that's right. I think I endorse this reading. Thank you. I think this is a great time to get into what our topic is. I could not be more ready. I am shaking with anticipation. Because we've been in Film Corner. This episode is Film Corner. And our... We are, we're very Film Corner recently. Our first Patreon episode was also Film Corner. Before we do though, am I allowed as a guest to suggest my own straight shooter? Oh, 100%. You can do them anytime you want. It's honestly, now that I say it, I'm I'm like incredibly insecure that it's something I heard at the live show and then forgot about and have remembered and I'm, mm. and I'm about to like tell you your own joke which will just be well absolutely. that'll be very fun for everyone involved so I hope that's what it is <laughs> and no one's heard the live show no so one's if you are it. repeating also yes I mean th- I, I I mean I I don't know if Sam I told you this but Andrew was at her live show and in fact later told me she volunteered to be one of the people we brought up but I couldn't see her because she was like in the dark. So wow. it could have been, but I want to know the straight shooter. Uh, the straight shooter is Linklater or LinkedIn. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I don't think we've done that. We haven't. I, no, we no. haven't. That's perfect. This we is have not, for, for Film Corner, for Film Corner. For Here, film my, corner. Here's my note. Here's my note. It's, what's his first name? Richard? Richard. Later. I feel like it should be like just adding one more syllable. It should be yeah. like Richard Linklater or LinkedIn Premium. Wow. Right, right, right. See, there's the the professionalism jumping. I mean, out. we've been doing this for almost two years. <laughs> the problem is that no one knows what other words go with LinkedIn. Like, right. I don't yeah. Know, Whereas I'm such a huge LinkedIn like, head. I don't know what the gestural vocabulary of LinkedIn is. You know what I mean? I like. Do you poke? Oh. Do you like? Do you do you reblog? Do you what do you do? Do you link? You. <laughs> yeah, it's called LinkedIn because you link. You even, you even link, bro. <laughs> do you even link? I feel like LinkedIn, LinkedIn is actually a crazy, I don't obviously spend a lot of time on it, but often I'll see, like, basically it's like, imagine if social media was all, like, through the lens of professional life. So everyone is, like, trying, everyone has the same goals of, like, trying to get attention, trying to have, like, an interesting take, trying to make friends, except all of it is, it's all a giant networking event. Like, it's actually kind of crazy. But isn't that I, kind I of already what it is? Describing Twitter. Yeah. I, no. Sure. But like, imagine then everyone's affect being that of, you know, like business casual. Twitter is like that, but it's like a dinner party, let's say, or like, like a, or like a, after a concert, people are talking, or 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 maybe maybe Twitter is like <laughs> being in like the Q and A session of a post film like uh, event. But then LinkedIn is literally being like in a Marriott hotel after the conference and everyone is wearing blazers. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. 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 Or is it, you know, a, a fertile ground for disruption <laughs> and I will be the number one LinkedIn comedian. <laughs> Oh God! Wait, let's do. That. Let's get into the top. You're right. You're right. Sorry. I'm, as soon Sam, as we talked about the fact that we were in film corner, we moved away yeah. from film corner. Let's get into the top. Okay. The top that you uh, brought onto your program today. Let's get into the top. Me having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, Andrea, please introduce this topic. 
Um, so this topic is uh, <laughs> the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. um, or MCU, as it as we will henceforth refer to it. Um, Setting the, the terms. <laughs> the first of the cinematic universes, of course, now the cinematic universe has caught on as a concept. Yeah. But so this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It, it began with Iron Man, uh, which was released in a year. In a uh, year. Many. Mm-hmm. It in took one a whole year. year to in my mind, like 2006, does that sound right? Maybe I seven. Was, I think I, I was, was in college, but like this. Sorry, say that again. I was in high school. Me too. Drag me. I was in college. Um, <laughs> but I was, yeah. So, so you know, it was, um, yeah, 2000. I, I want to say like 2008. Let's okay. Um, and has since spawned many films, something probably over 20 movies about superheroes, which are like heroes, but more. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, um, they're not like teachers or firefighters. They're a little bit more. They're not frontline workers. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's for sure. Have, uh, oh, they're the frontest line workers. I guess they are, in a sense, frontline workers. Do you think the frontline workers would have anything to do if aliens were destroying the world? That's true. Fair. Fair. Do you and think they, they clap are, at they 7 p.m.? They're the first responders. <laughs> do they clap for the, the Marvel movies, the Avengers? They, yeah, they, 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 they clap back. That's the <laughs> tagline. That them they they and Roxanne Gay clap back. <laughs> that's actually yeah. That's the tagline for the Eternals. Is the Eternals <laughs> they clap back? That's honestly not far from what it Roxanne is. Roxanne Gay got paid millions of dollars to consult, and she came up with that um, right. catchphrase tagline. Um, so uh, they they made a lot of movies, uh-huh. and now there are so and and now television shows. That's right on, on the on the streaming platform um, Disney Plus sign. And which, which, okay. Have you actually looked at the Disney Plus logo? Have you like regarded it? No. I know that the plus sign is curved, like the vertical part is curved. Slightly curved, which is totally natural. Yeah. But it it, it is because it has to make that arc, that that Disney arc that originally went over the castle. Mm -hmm. Um, But so the plus sign is slightly curved so that it matches the arc and it is, absolutely insane looking when you actually consider it well they're trying to do too much i this is um it's upsetting yeah i'm upset yeah (laughs) wait i wait so tell us your history with your history with the marvel cinematic universe when you knew you were a fan um and that's that's an assumption she hasn't said she's a fan yet that's right that's right she hasn't said that (laughs) and then i also want to know kind of like what is straight about it and why you chose it as a topic when did I know I was a fan is such a gay way to ask that question. Oh my God. Give me a break. Did you, when did you first know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, it is true that, gay, was, that like I we are- in, in third grade, there was, <laughs> yeah. this, there was this superhero in my class and I, I just wanted to be her friend. Um, yeah, we can never get past the language Ring of keys. That's Andrea meeting the superhero. <laughs> If this were a, if this were a gay podcast like about if this were sure. gay, uh, yeah, gay yeah. Lab, I would I would be talking about Fun Home for sure for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, at which when I saw Fun Home, Bill Gates was there. 
Really? Yeah, because it's in the round. And he was all he was in the round. He was on the other side of the round. Wow. Wow. Bill Gates, who, because he's a man over a certain age who has retained his hair, now looks like a lesbian. Wow, that is so true. I never thought about that. That men that maintain their hair look like lesbians. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Sure. Wait, who's okay in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Who's the man who's like in <laughs> God Winter Soldier? Uh, oh, who, um, uh, 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 an old man that retained his hair. William Hurt. Is that his name? Like, what the fuck? But also, Winter Soldier Robert Redford is in Winter. Soldier. Oh, that one. That one. That's what. I was oh, he of. does look like a lesbian. Yeah, totally. And this when is the, a great little the skin, theory. Skin gets a little softer and kind of like they all become sort of like Cherry Jones style witches. <laughs> Absolutely. In a really, honestly, way that's very beautiful. Yeah. I mean, age is feminizing. We know this. You think um, age is feminizing? Age is feminizing. So then here's a question for you. Is like weaker, you become less capable of, of rational thought. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> dragging all women for filth. <laughs> but I have that's a question, literally, Andrea. Literally, Sam doesn't know anything about me. Sam doesn't know that that's literally my brand. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Andrea's brand is hating women. <laughs> link me, Sam. <laughs> yeah, we got to link up. Link me up. So do you think then that when women uh, age, or, you know, like when women um, do things to prevent their aging, they are inadvertently making themselves more masculine? No, interesting question. No, they're trying to, they're trying to say, uh, they're trying to continue looking straight. Oh, mm. so you're saying it's not only feminizing, it's lesbianizing. Yes, because, because when, when it's like feminizing, but not in a femme way, right? Which is why like a Willem Dafoe is right. like a great example because, because, uh, there are there are actresses who like after a certain age they decide they're gonna like go with short hair, mm-hmm. right? Like and they're they're gonna sort of lean into the kind of the 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 dyke direction, sure, and become kind of gay icons, not just to gay men as they were probably when they were younger, but also to lesbians. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's I think when they're trying to make them like you think of like a like a a Robin Wright. Oh right? my God! Yeah. Or a, or a Carrie Ann Moss, right? Who have like really leaned into the sort of like mommy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love the theory that time makes lesbians of us all. That I, well, is... it's just, it, it, it's fascinating because it is true that lesbians are the only people that age gracefully. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so it's the pretty... best thing you can hope for if you want to age gracefully is turning into a lesbian. Lesbianism eroticizes one uh, female age and authority. Yeah. And um, like non-cosmetic intervention. Right, not, so it not, is. Not hating on the opposites of those, but yeah. like there is a category that exists for that. Right. It doesn't exist anywhere else. Right, well, it's basically like a subculture where it's like the only place where aging is not vilified. And therefore, if because it's celebrated, one can age powerfully and gracefully. 
But straight men, it's also not really vilified. They get away with a lot as far but as aging. I think though, and correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, but it's like the hair thing is interesting because like it balding is vilified. So your option is to either become a lesbian or become the forbidden aged man that doesn't have hair. I mean, it's true that there are, it's true there are men, you know, so like on the other side of this, you have like a Steve Carell who like, who glue up, you know, when, yeah. when he, but that also involves uh, facial hair, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To that. Wait, we have to get back to the central topic. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Central topic, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What, what is straight about it to you? What is straight about it is that it's about, is that they're all essentially cops. <laughs> Correct. Right. Correct. Um, that they're like, they're like, Earth cops for Earth, um, though not in every you know on the smaller scale ones, it, weirder things happen mm-hmm. because one of the one of one of the things that's cool about it, or you don't have to call it cool, but that's interesting is that there are so many films now that, especially for the smaller ones, they will give them to directors and just let them kind of do whatever, so long as in Act Three something blows up, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so like Ant-Man is a heist movie that happens to be a superhero movie. And Black Widow is a spy movie that happens to be a superhero movie. And um, Thor Ragnarok, the third Thor, the one Thor they got right, um, which was Taika Waititi is just like a, like a sort of space buddy comedy. You know, so they have, there's like a variety of things that happen, but ultimately, um, Space cops, Earth cops, that's very straight. Um, they're all straight except for ne- one of the Eternals is going to be presumably nominally gay, uh, played by Brian Tyree Henry, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and which why we couldn't just just get Brian Tyree Henry as a uh, as a whole film to himself is a is a is part of why this is so straight. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, right. <clears throat> well, gay, you can't have a gay main character. And when you do, it will be, um, you know, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, is Brian Tyree Henry gay in real life? No. This is something I've wondered forever, and it's based on literally nothing. But one time somebody posted, like, like, like I think literally like Larry Owens posted, like, Yale Queen or something like that and like but I was kind of like but I was he said it in a way that was like wait is Brian Terry Henry gay and then I messaged him is Brian Terry Henry gay and Larry said like something like just like really vague and I was like that's not an answer and so now I have no idea but I've always thought it and I well, will I'll tell you it. one thing if he is I guarantee you that coming out will be part of the promo cycle for the Eternals. so we're about to find <laughs> out very fast he's been holding it he's been waiting for the right time this is not the first time i have heard someone ask that question so i also i'm just saying i also have the question so do you guys are you guys aware of the very sam might be aware of the the place this happened in star wars when there was like a like half a second kiss between two women in the most yeah easily editable out half a second kiss exactly exactly they might have just tripped (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny and so like condescending i i was kind of 
funny because of that. Like, it was like, we don't need, I mean, that doesn't really help, but it was sure. so, it was so, the pandering was so, it was like Pokemon go to the polls. Of- yes. <laughs> <laughs> they actually said that after they kissed. <laughs> That's right. She said, she said, hey, do you want to Pokemon go to the polls? <laughs> <laughs> and then fight song started playing. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, but so there's a similar moment in the Marvel movies. I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Which movie? In Endgame. You okay. ask that, like, do you have a, do you, okay. Do you, George or Sam, have like a, a running sense of these as like things that exist in the world but that you don't know anything about? I've seen almost all of them. There's like two that I haven't seen. Oh, Okay. I've seen uh, Black Panther. I've seen WandaVision. <laughs> um, I think I think those might be the only two I've seen, Black Panther and WandaVision. But it's also like, okay, I understand that when you're in it and you two like go to the movies and like are aware of when they're... When you're not paying attention, it basically all washes over you and you just... There's just constantly one out. And the posters all look very similar. So you're just, I'm just used to the fact that at any given moment, various A-list actors are promoting some movie. And the titles are also so comically, not derivative, I don't know what the right word is, but like, I guess just similar. Like there was like the idea that Endgame and what's the other one called? Like Forever War? (laughs) Infinity War. Infinity War. Like, Endgame, Infinity War, there's another one that's like Civil War, like all of them are just so um, similar that you they just like all wash over you. And then I'm like, oh yeah, didn't that one come out last year? And it's like, it came out in 2011. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's true. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, I do. And then it's also like crazy because I'm not keeping up, but then occasionally I'll see, I'll learn that like Nicole Kidman was an Aquaman and it'll make me feel insane that that just is something that happened right. and well me by. Aquaman is Aquaman is a DC movie it's yeah okay you. <laughs> that is great you're out um uh however she was yeah she was. she's in the center of the earth got it living on an island uh-huh because so, that was Aquaman which was what bad. T- that's the that's the one important thing to remember is that the difference between a Marvel movie and a DC movie is that the Marvel movies are like okay to huh actually good, uh-huh. and the DC movies are terrible to so terrible that they're fun. Like <laughs> Momoa is just like yelling and jumping at things, and for some reason Patrick Wilson has his and and uh, Willem Dafoe has his ha- have their hair slicked back because when you live under the ocean, everyone is. <laughs> is in the mob and <laughs> but yes yeah, so that's the that's the difference the okay the 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 in end game yes so in in the movie before josh brolin came and got his got all of the all of the the gems in his glove in his infinity okay. gauntlet right and he snapped of course you know what the Thanos snap is no you don't know really? what that's a, it's a meme. It's a meme. That's like, that's very like. Does he snap his fingers? Yeah. His fingers I mean, like. While wearing the, while wearing the, the. How much of what I'm saying do you have no idea what it is? I, I can picture Thanos as this like giant, like I know what he looks like. He's and I know baby. it's Josh Brolin. I don't know anything about the snap. 
Okay, so he gets all there are these there are these gems. Okay. Right? There are these and they're cosmic forces condensed into jewelry. Okay. And the all of the Marvel movies before have been secretly about these gems and where they are. Got it. They've slowly been being brought together. They've all been brought together and he gets them all into his gauntlet, this big mm -hmm. golden gauntlet. And once they're all there, it will let the, the wielder of the gauntlet do anything. Okay. And what Thanos wants is to kill exactly half of all the life in the universe okay. um, for environmental reasons. Oh, yeah. so he's like a good guy. Yeah. This is, this is the question. Thanos was right is also a <laughs> Um, and he snaps, and that's why everyone that people that get, I know, yes, that, that I, know. I know, they get turned into into dust or, yes. or ash or whatever it is. Okay. Now the shocking thing about Endgame, which was the next movie, is that so it's right in the wake of that half of the Avengers are dead, have been mm -hmm. snapped. The rest of the Avengers, including Brie Larson, who's <laughs> now joined and is like a, almost like God level Avenger. They all follow Thanos back to his planet where he's gonna just retire. Okay. And they cut off his head and they kill him. Oh. But they, but that's it. They're, the glove has been destroyed. Um, the gems don't work. The gems don't work anymore. And so the shocking thing is that they kind of go back to Earth, and then we get a title that says five years later. And so we oh, realized okay. that like, yes, I know where was, you're going. Was, now. Honestly, I was in the theater for it, and there was like a <gasps> in the theater. It was so shocking, so different than anything that had happened in a Marvel movie before. And so you realize the earth has just been living with like half of the population just gone for five years. And the first thing we, we, we come to is Captain America is doing for some reason, <laughs> decided his job is to, among other things, lead a small support group that's happening, I think in like a back room in Fenway Park. I don't know why I think that. <laughs> um, and he is just with these people in this little, you know, poorly lit support group. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy and he's talking about how his husband got snapped. And that was the, that is the one gay character in the <laughs> cinematic universe <laughs> is a man, is a, a nameless man whose husband was snapped out of existence. And is now right. trying to date. Wait, that's so, so funny. That's great. He's, he's not like so. I went on a. I went on a really first date. Brian or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow, I had no idea. That's so funny. And Captain America oh, is really? like, that's so normal. Cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's the exact line. It's like, yeah. wow, that's so normal. Okay, who wants Captain to go America, next? Captain America, who was born in like nineteen thirty <laughs> or something, <laughs> but has adjusted. He really wow. evolved on the issue. Wow. He says okay, some really Boomer. problematic I mean, stuff in his there's past. A, but... now, now, Captain America and Bucky Barnes, arguably, there's already a sort of gay thing going on because Captain America has a has a best friend that he loves very much. has has sort of like a, a Patroclus, you know, mm. to his to his Achilles. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and you're speaking um, George's language. <laughs> I'm looking at Sam's face. <laughs> um, uh, yes, he has a, a Hopatroclus. Mm. And um, he uh, he dies, and then okay. comes back as the Winter Soldier. Okay. Like, 
Wait, yeah. bef- I want to say, I, I'm pretty sure the nameless man that's talking about going on a date in the support group with another man and his husband, the I, I'm like 80% sure that's played by the director. Or Is like the director one of the gay? No. <laughs> Directors are... Um, it's like two brothers, right? Who- the, the, what are their names? They did a bunch of... They used to do Community. It's the, the Russo brothers. Oh, Joe and Anthony Russo. Joe and Anthony Russo. One of them owns a terrible restaurant now. Um, Joe Russo plays the man. Like a, a, a like a vanity project restaurant that's like fame. Like there was a very funny sort of expose of recently. Um, by recently, I mean in the past three years or something. But so there's actually little characters from community pop up. Not characters, little. There's like a very, very brief Danny Pudi cameo in one of these movies there's that's like sprinkled in um but yes that's right that's right so they did not get i mean i guess do we know if he's is he straight oh god okay okay yes sir it's brothers co-directing a film gay or straight (laughs) that's a really good question that's Um, a great question i would say i would say well Obviously, biological family and not chosen family is strange. <laughs> well, there's an interesting counterpoint, which is that one of the most famous uh, brother directing pairs uh, both transition. Well, yes, I, that's like the first thing I thought of. But then it's like, but then I now, the Wachowski sisters to me are like now part of it's like being sisters and working together is a whole different story. It's like Mary Kate and Ashley. It's the two women that have Rodarte. I cannot compare them to like the Cohen brothers. Um, Joe Russo is married to a woman. So, you know, he could be bisexual. We could. Fair. That's right. Don't erase that. He could, he could just be gay. That's true. He could be gay and just uh, have a companionative marriage. It could be, who knows why. And it's so messed up of me to assume. <laughs> so, that's right. That's right. But You're how about Russo right now? <laughs> the Wait, gay... Andrea, so do you? Th- I think my final answer is that Two Brothers directing is actually gay. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's just it's. So it's it's weird when straight men have friends. Period. After a certain yes, age, agreed. right? They can have colleagues and they can have buddies, but to actually have someone with whom you could, like weather the creative process mm-hmm. you know and like all of the like intimacy that that involves yeah like and then to be related to them it's it's like it's not it, it's a little unnatural is what I'm saying. it's very homeschooled oh yeah yeah it's very homeschool um it's very like do we have the right amount of boundaries right right, right, right. yeah well, it's just like a connection that certain siblings have that but I. I'm not saying incest. None of us have has said that. No, absolutely. we're being so we're respectful and not saying that. We would never say that out loud. We're obviously not talking about. <laughs> That's not what this is about. It's just about certain societal boundaries that are potentially being broken. Although you know, we're currently living in an era where two of the biggest sibling duos are breaking are not breaking up like with, you know, um, cause they don't like each other, but like one of the Wachowski sisters is now breaking out on her own and Joel Cohen is on his own directing the Macbeth. 
Mm. So something is shifting. Talk about Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say, we are living in a society where maybe incest isn't so weird. Like, I was like, I really thought <laughs> that's really what you were going like, with that. Yeah. And uh, I was thrilled to hear what sort of evidence you were going to pull. But um, but no, having directors go out on their own is exciting too. George, speaking of incest, um, can I just say that your microphone Uh-oh. resembles to me so much the cactus plants that were in those hymns ads yeah. <laughs> years ago on the subway that yeah. were like, take our ED pill and your dick will look like this cactus. Well, and- this was, I modeled this microphone after my dick. I had it specially <laughs> ordered. Oh, I, see, I see, I see. Yeah, the, um, the casting process. Like, when like he- a, that episode yeah. of uh, Sex and the City. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's interesting because I ordered this thinking, you know, I was like, oh, like, I, I you know, I. Uh, it's kind of toxic masculinity. Like I want it to look like my dick. Everyone's going to be so impressed. And then people come and look at it and they're like, wait, that's what your dick looks like. That's not okay. Like that's not what a dick is supposed to look like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, nor, nor is a cactus. Nor is a cactus. <laughs> what was you'll take our pill and it'll never go down and no one will want to touch it. Ay, ay, ay. Um, did you know Miley Cyrus is an investor in hers? Well, well, that's, and that's so why she's in the app. Okay, our hymns and hers, not to, not to advance the trans agenda, but are hymns and hers the same company? I would assume, yeah. Wait, I have a question. How is advancing the trans agenda pointing out that hymns and hers are the same company? Well, I'm just saying, if 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 hymns and hers are the same, then what? What's the point of is the state of American values? Oh, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> well, <laughs> I do think hymns and hers is still like cis normative because the hymns products are. Where is the thems? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Right, especially coming from Miley Cyrus, who's such an what ally. Would you, what would they sell? <laughs> Truly, <laughs> thems. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not the first person to like point this out, but I do think at some point hormones generally will be like less regulated and then there will be like a millennial pink like oh absolutely hormone startup so it's like mix and match and it's like right desaturated colors on the subway oh yeah 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 yeah. so that would be to me like a thems product right right but then it seems like it seems like it should be distributed like hymns should be if you want, well, I don't know. No, you're right. You're right. But right, because like, not everyone who takes hormones is a them. <laughs> right, right. You guys know I'm taking both. Wow, oh. them vibes. I, I know. I know. Speaking, of, I, 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 I take estrogen and testosterone. I think my body does not produce hormones. Really? Is that? Oh, Sam doesn't know that I don't have any uh, uh, gonads. Wait, hold on. Like now I'm confused. I know all this, but okay. <laughs> fill, somebody fill me in. <laughs> fill us in. Andrew, what is your um, exact biological uh, history? Well, actually, it was more like a filling out. Um, <laughs> so so um, I don't have uh, any balls anymore. And um, because they presumably were just chucked. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I, I knew that. Yeah. And uh, so like your body in other places produces sex hormones to marginal levels, but oh, most gosh. of the sex hormone production um, 
like pee is stored in the balls. <laughs> and so- Well, you need both. Yeah, everyone has both testosterone and estrogen. Right, exactly, everyone does. But in my case, my natural production of both is very, very low because the, the main um, source has been removed. And so <laughs> I have to, because of course, so the thing is estrogen makes you kind of like weepy, dumb and uh frail andrea um i'm not it's like i i know that sounds like i'm i'm like doing a bit Mm -hmm. but like but it's true well on the other hand testosterone makes you murderous it makes your bones soft sure so that like it's radical vulnerability there are people who are like athletes yeah go on estrogen and they realize they have to change the way they do their exercise because they can hurt themselves sure Whereas testosterone makes you like angry and horny mm-hmm. and focused. And more likely to run for president. More likely to run for president, more likely to direct a Marvel movie. That's right, <laughs> much more likely. <laughs> they take it, they do tests, they run tests. Disney no, Disney is not fucking around. That's right. Well, I heard they give all their directors more testosterone. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Just to, just to, just to, to argue the other side for yeah for Marvel movies, like technically, because Disney owns Marvel, which it acquired Marvel, I think after, I don't know if it happened before Iron Man. So they were, you you know, you know, there were these Marvel movies before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Of like course, the, like Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man famously, you know, dancing in the, you know, um, Spider-Man and Daredevil, Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Oh, I, I've seen oh Daredevil. I actually, like, I know those movies way more than the Marvel ones because I was a kid then. So, like, I've seen all the Spider-Mans I've seen. Like, that was, like, that was, you were, like, a recent college grad when those came out. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Yeah, George, weren't you, like, starting your new job? <laughs> I was in grad school. <laughs> I was in grad school and then Tobey Maguire Spider-Man came out. Yeah. yeah. Were you working at the stock market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, remember, I was ringing I the bell. You telling me you were working in the stock market right. when I was there. Um, yeah. But so, so Disney at some point acquired Marvel, which technically means that all of these A-list male actors mm-hmm. in the Marvel movies are Disney princes. Whoa. But it also means Brie Larson is a Disney princess, and that's scary. <sighs> Brie Larson. That's what, they also did hint at her being a lesbian slash she was a lesbian. Oh well, she got the Robin Wright haircut. Yeah, but, but unclear. She was without romantic interest, but she her, the uh, in the air. She was in the Air Force, and her mentor was Annette Bening, also classic example of a uh, gay later in life. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Right? So it's ambiguous. Yeah. Because also her like best friend was that other woman, and it was kind of like, are you more mm-hmm. than? It was very ambiguous on purpose. Yep. Wow, now, wait. now her best friend is dead and, <laughs> and her and her daughter no this was in wandavision even george should know this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um uh, uh what is that character's name now i can't remember monica rambeau oh i remember monica yeah wow is now the right age to like will she pull a because they did that with captain america where he got he got iced, and then he had a little love thing with his love interest's uh, daughter. 
this is legal when you're royals you know they they have to it's it's sort of just the way that you, you know kind of the aristocracy works george stop looking right so no no i'm i'm actually all for it and i wish they did more i wish there was a, i think explicit penetrative sex in these in these marvel movies between i, I agree actually more and more it's acceptable to date your best friend's daughter yes can I say something like speaking of uh, unsimulated penetrative sex, I would be much more interested in these movies if they had some. <laughs> What's the or if they little. even had like, if they even like, I guess that's like the whole point is that they're for kids. But like, if they, if they were like, what if there was like an unrated version of each one where like there was an explicit sex scene? <laughs> okay. Well, okay. First, right. I need to think of, well, rather second, I need to think of, what the most sex in a Marvel movie is? Yes, I want. First, first, as the as the Leviathan continues to sort of suck, as the great baleen whale, which is Disney, starts to suck everything else in. Um, Deadpool mm. has now been reacquired because Deadpool is a Marvel character. Has now been reacquired and is going to be absorbed like the X Men themselves into. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, and so now the prospect that there will be an R-rated Marvel, like proper MCU property, is actually quite high. So there might actually be Marvel boning. Interesting. Well, um, I look forward to seeing Ryan Reynolds' uh, hole. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um, uh, something that you can do. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think now <laughs> what the greatest amount of sex in a there's kissing there's which kissing is, is which look look this is a this is a gay podcast yeah we don't, we don't privilege penetration over that's right i would you? i actually have never had penetrative sex <laughs> i've only kissed and always for one second you want to see ryan ryan reynolds hole yeah i just want to see what a hole looks like okay, right <laughs> Her first hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, what better person to, to see uh, one saving himself? Yeah. yeah. Um. What's the most? I'm like, like there was like a little love story that like didn't play out at all between like Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo. Oh well, they just handed Scarlett Johansson around the Avengers. It was very, <laughs> very uncomfortable. <laughs> That's it not- does seem like she got the short end of the stick. I realize she's very highly paid, but like from what <laughs> I understand, just on the periphery of all of this, it's like she wait she waited so long to have her own movie, and then when she did, like she ended up suing Disney or whatever. I love that. Well, she and when did she that. did, she was canonically dead already. Like, yeah. right? Black Which Hero is so takes stupid. Place, takes place further back in the in the continuity. Yeah. I'm, yeah, let's yeah. see. What's the most? There's got to be some most? sex. Like, does Iron Man imply sex? Iron so, Man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. the first Iron Man, we see him like throw a reporter on a bed and kind of yes. roll around in the dark. And it's because that's before before they really knew the MCU was happening. That might actually be it. Because at that point, it was kind of like, John Favreau is making this sort of, look, we're using a kind of middle-aged actor who's like not a superhero, like all the reasons that was such a successful movie and like really proof of concept for something is that it was like not, it was like irreverent and it was like not your typical, you know, 
great power comes great responsibility thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I can be a dick and a jerk off and be a superhero without stopping being a dick and a jerk off. I'm sorry, who is this character? <laughs> Tony Stark. Iron Man. Tony Stark. Okay, I just, sorry, I Googled Marvel movie sex scene. It, I, there's a, a headline that says, Eternals director dishes on the MCU's first full-blown sex scene, which makes me think the first sex scene will be in Eternals. I don't, okay, okay, okay. They're, they're not gonna what do is it. A, what is a full-blown sex scene? Well, I, if I click on that, then it's over. <laughs> but <laughs> the next one is, Chloe Zhao spoke to Marvel about not censoring gay Eternals characters overseas. All right, give me a break. <laughs> I can't. Listen. It's gonna be, it's gonna be sad. Honestly, so Eternals, the Eternals are gods and they like let everyone do war and now they feel guilty. No, they have a, it's just that they have one particular enemy and they only fight that enemy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think is the idea. I see. There's I mean, this, this, this sort of like a glut problem where like the more superheroes you have, the less plausible it is that any of them exist. Mm-hmm. And so sure. you have to come up with increasingly elaborate ways to justify. I'm waiting for like, cause now they're doing all the different genre movies inside of the MCU. And I'm waiting for like, like the the like, inside Llewellyn Davis, <laughs> where yeah. like someone has a superpower, but they're not. It's not about saving the world. It's just like, or Patterson. They're good at playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, they it's, you know, the closest that they got to this, and this is not technically the MCU because they 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 have decided that because of Disney plus, they decided that the Netflix Marvel shows don't count. Mm, I see. But Jessica Jones was- I like Jessica Jones. To that, which is very good. Cause it oh, was yeah, like the world. It was actually just about the relation, like, like a bad, it was about an abusive ex essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay. But this brings me actually to what I wanted to talk about. And I, we do need to wrap up, but I want to just say one thing, which is that like, I think, the reason why it's such a good topic to talk about specifically the Marvel Cinematic Universe rather than just like superheroes or comic books is because I feel like something, I feel like the way this desperation to have everything connect in one universe is straight somehow. Like I, cause I don't, I'm not against superheroes. And in fact, like I said, I have such fond memories of seeing like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. I love all the like old campy Batman movies, like the- Sorry, oh, like you mean like old, old, like Adam West, or no, I, no, no, no. Sorry, I mean, I mean like the '90s ones, like the ones that we watched like on cable when we were growing up. Um, and I also thought like the first X Men, like the the ones from like 2001, I remember really liking. Like, but everything, like the fact that there always have to be like two post credit sequences, and then a character's introduced, and you have to remember them, and they're gonna show up like two movies later. It's it's very the Bible. It's very the Bible. It's very function. It's like uh, there's less like they're not having like fun with the style or like with what does this mean? It's more about like it's a show of strength that we can figure out a way to get all these things together and have it all make sense. And it's also like it is just like not to make the most obvious point, but it's just like it is business first. Like when they do those like announcements where it literally looks like Steve Jobs is doing like an Apple announcement and then you see all the logos of the new movies coming up behind him like that is dark it's so true and and kevin feige i don't know how you say yeah, yeah. Um, wow someone doesn't know how to pronounce a name all of a sudden uh, 
does excuse me <laughs> it looks like it looks like uh fagel which would be like fat brother hmm. um but um who looks sort of like a like a businessified um oh damn i can't remember his name this joke isn't gonna land no we can cut it um <laughs> Cut it, I'll cut wait. it. I'll cut it. I'll cut it. Um, no, uh, uh, I agree that it's businessy. I agree that it's super corporate. Mm -hmm. Desperation is queer. is queer. <laughs> but let's just talk about post credit scenes. Okay. Okay. Like because obviously they are, they like are so key to what the movies are. Like the movies, in a sense, are just vehicles for post credit scenes. The, it's right. like just an opportunity, right? Um, and mid-credit scenes, because now what they do is they have a mid-credit scene that is like they 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 often now have like a silly one and yeah. a, a narrative one. But like, I'm wondering, like, I just feel like I I know or know of like queer people who are also vehicles for post-credit scenes. Oh my God, Andrea, <laughs> that's genius. I'm like, what does it mean though? Like, help me out. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, wait, I wanna try to like, I wanna attempt to guess what you mean by that. <sighs> wait, <laughs> okay. Queer people who are vehicles for post-credit scenes. Yeah. I mean, I, the first thing I'm getting is like, okay, queer people maybe who are, uh, who don't have that much substance, like it's all show and no substance. Like a queer person has like a crazy fat, has crazy fashion choices, crazy hair, whatever. But then what in that, in that way, like what would the post-credit sequence be? I guess I'm, I'm sort of like, I'm like, show me how this could be a franchise. You know what I mean? Like, like show, like if it feels like this whole personality that you have is going somewhere. Sure. But it's very unclear to me where it's going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that there should be like a cinematic universe of you. I see. I see. <laughs> you know, and so the post credit scene is like you trying to show me like why, like does this have legs? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Your whole thing, does this actually have legs? So I, I see that. Wow. My, my other interpretation would be basically like, so the post credit scene is what connects it to the, the narrative, right? Like it's, it's what connects it to the next film, whatever. If someone is just a post credit sequence, to me, what that means is like they define themselves by their relationship, by their place within a certain scene or a certain, um, or certain like signifiers that people are able to like see and interpret. But what they lack is the individuality of like a standalone movie. <laughs> I like that too. Is that? That's, that works for me. That's okay. fun. Um, wow. Wait. Now I'm thinking like, who do I know that's just a post credit sequence? <laughs> Please name names. <laughs> uh, wait, uh, Sam, should we do our final segment? I think we should. I'm like, I feel like this, this has is been such a... Sorry, go ahead. 
Well, this is such a, it's a tough topic because I like, there's so much to talk about. I really wish we could like truly go forever because I'm also like, there's something that works so well about Marvel. That's like people, it's easy to point out like what's not working and be like, this is corporate and psychotic, but it's like, why do, why do I like, like why, what well, it's works? It's such a good product. It's just, it's like, it is like high quality content. Yeah. And the, yeah. I think the connected thing like is, is, exhilarate i mean you remember when it first happened like the first avengers movie of like this has never happened that they i mean except maybe the like old uh universal monsters thing or something you know which is sure sure the like it was at once this like horrible expression of synergy and also just like it was like mind-blowing i was i it was so much fun to me to see characters that had been in different movies suddenly be in the same movie. And it's like, there's, it just like, it tickles the brain in the right place. And also I think the lived inness of the, of the world. The world right? is well put together. It's just like there now. And you can just like go in it and do something. And yeah, the movies have to follow a certain formula, but like, I really like, and this is, I think maybe like a comic book thing too, of just like, the the pleasure of getting the little references and of being able to situate it in a larger in in the actual like universeness of the marvel cinematic universe yeah it's deeply pleasurable to me i agree hmm. i mean okay i have one final question are yeah. they military propaganda yeah yeah well okay. uh, yes yes I mean, they sometimes they work with the military. Sometimes they work against the military. Okay. Tony Stark is an arms dealer. <sighs> sure, sure. Um, and stops doing that eventually, but like yeah. not immediately. Um, of course, any movie that the military appears in is propaganda because when they, you guys, know, you know, the military. Yeah, they have to work with them. Yeah, they, they have to work with them, and the military uh, gets some say over how they appear and same with like the cia it's it's yeah again the first iron man felt like more controversial towards the mill like that was like he finds his weapons in the hands of the terrorists and it was like oh no what have i been doing what's how does how do these systems actually work and it was like questioning things roughly and and then uh not anymore (laughs) yeah i mean they do the whole there's the whole sort of superhero registry thing about like, oh, we accidentally blew up uh, a Soviet bloc country. Like maybe we should be regulated. Oh, yeah. Which is why they do, which is why they have civil war. Um, Interesting. And, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't come to any, like they kind of just, it all is kind of water under the bridge once the, you know, mega aliens attack. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean that's the, that's the fantasy of the like big because they're not they're not like your neighborhood Spidey you know in neighborhood Spider-Man anymore even Spider-Man isn't your neighborhood Spider-Man they're like not like fighting crime right none of them are fighting crime okay interesting <laughs> I, I don't think I fully realized that but yeah that makes sense <laughs> right they're not crime fighters <laughs> yeah, like, yeah Batman still fights crime you know he's still like doing the work yeah uh, the dubious dubious work um so like in that sense it's like well it's kind of great that they're not fighting crime but it also is like the fantasy of 
an emergency that's so obliterating that, like so threatening that we can do, this is especially the team up movies. Yeah. That, like, we can, we're allowed to do anything. It's, it, you know, it's extremely um, very centrist movies. It's sort of saying like, let's not see like politics. Like, don't forget we're fighting aliens. Like nothing else. Sure. <laughs> I'm not going to define what's a crime in this world. I'm going to focus on the aliens. Right. They're not a metaphor <laughs> for anything. They're a metaphor for aliens. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. I and then we have to, this is, we, we have to do the final segment. We have, we have to, to do, do the final segment. segment. Okay. Because we've actually, this is, you know, this is uh, our longest episode to date. I think we have set is that a true? record. I think so. No. Yes. We've recorded. Okay, fine. You think this Back is our check. longest episode to date? I definitely, I, I don't think we've ever crossed uh, an hour and a half. Wow. Well, well talk boys, about a... Uh, long is my middle name. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's true. Huh? <laughs> Um, um wow you're okay. really waiting to whip that one out <laughs> oh yeah. oh oh i whip it out all the time baby um, <laughs> i as a kid i would because now everyone knows you know because it's in my name but lots of people think my last name is long chew which is crazy um oh because long could be a last name well this is the thing is that it was a last name it i think people think it's also chinese and so oh, together oh. I, I thought it was Chinese when I was a kid. I thought mm -hmm. it was long, which is the Chinese word for dragon. In fact, it is long, which is the English word for long. <laughs> <laughs> oh when man. As a kid, I would ask people, I would say, guess my middle name. And the hint would be my middle name is really long. Oh, oh my God. Wow, you must have cleaned up on the playground. Truly, <laughs> I mean, I could not keep up. Yeah, um, no friends. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay, Sam, explain the final segment. Okay, so our final Please. segment is called Shoutouts, and in it we um, shout out to anything that we enjoy and pay homage to the classic uh, tenant of straight culture, which is the shoutout. So imagine you're sort of in Times Square, it's 2001, and you're at TRL, and you're shouting out to your squad back home but about anything that is good right now. Um, and so, George, do you have one? Yeah, sure. I'll, I, I just like thought of one on the fly. Oh, What's so up, smart. listeners? I want to give a quick shout out to Movie Snacks. That's right. Last Ooh. night when I went to see Dune, I got a large popcorn, Reese's Pieces, and a large Diet Coke. Now, then, midway through the movie, the person I was with had the idea of dip of just pouring the Reese's Pieces into the popcorn and then eating all of them as just one snack. I, because I was afraid and was not ready to go there, said no. And I have been spending all day wondering what would have happened if we had put the Reese's Pieces into the popcorn. So I guess my shout out is first of all for movie snacks and second of all, take a damn risk for once in your life, whether it be in the movie theater, in life or in love. And that's it for me. XOXO, George. That was incredible. I'm, I unfortunately support your decision to uh, be fearful. Uh -huh. I'm gl glad that you didn't. That sounds like too much. Yeah. It, it, you don't have control in that sense. I mean, by that point, if, if I'd had popcorn and I'd had Reese's Pieces and then I got back to the popcorn, so it's like, why not just cut out the middleman? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, okay, I have one. Okay. I guess. Um, 
What's up, everybody out there in the world? I want to give a huge shout out to all the young people in the East Village still uh, kicking it. Uh, young people in the East Village style. <laughs> I was walking around last night uh, after seeing Dune, and I was like, "Damn!" It felt I felt like Matthew McConaughey in um, that Jason Confused because it was like you're all still the same. We've just replaced the people that were here ten years ago with you guys. This is really crazy and you're all really drunk and being annoying. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being drunk and annoying. It's just I was sober and not annoying at the time. And it was very much, um, this is a little rambling, but kind of like in Dune when they have to walk with the sand uh, to not get eaten by the worms. I needed to be a little bit drunk in order to walk with the the young people in the East Village that continue to do whatever the hell it is that they do, sort of scream at each other across the street and walk in weird ways and et cetera. So I love you young people in the East Village doing whatever it is you do. Keep it young and keep it East Village style. XOXO, Sam. Woo! Wow. wow. It is crazy that youth just continues existing. It's kind of, it's like, no, I did that already. And they're like, yeah. no, we don't care. And then people it's are like, still having the same discoveries. It's like, oh, it's so annoying, actually. Yeah. And then you think like, oh, God, that was <laughs> me never... once. And the, and the person that was 10 years older than me was like, please, you think you're the first person to discover this? If only there were a rapidly impending event that would end youth forever. Mm, end game. End, end game, game, if you will. That's right. Um, Shout out to the climate crisis. Um, <laughs> Andrew, whenever you're ready, you go off. Uh, what's up, sports fans? Uh, <laughs> coming at you live from my bedroom. This is Andrea Long Chew. Uh, just want to give a quick shout out to my cat for finally sleeping next to me after years of trying. I've decided that the we've, we've come to an arrangement where I now sleep on top of my bed under a little blanket with my legs, with my feet exposed, and she uh, she is willing to sleep next to me. Um, she now comes at, at, at bedtime, um, just jumps up on the bed, snuggles right to the same place every night. Um, it's just the best thing in the world, especially when you're very, very lonely. Uh, shout out to, uh, to, um, oh, I had, I had something else I was gonna, oh, shout out to, um, to Jurgen's eyebrows on the Great British Bake Off. Absolutely. They are here, they're queer, they're going every direction, they <laughs> will never be combed. They have been growing since, uh, the late 70s. <laughs> and, they um, are uh, a black forest of their own. Mm. Um, so shout out to that that um, that uh, those those beautiful thickets um, that Schöne uh, Schwarzwald. Uh, that is uh, Jürgen's eyebrows on Great British Bake Off. Woo! Like so, wow. Andrea. Two incredible, <laughs> two incredible shout outs. Wow. Well, Andrea, this has been a pure delight. There's yeah. no one I would have rather had um, woman splain the Marvel Cinematic Universe to me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, a lesser mind would have come in here and just ripped them to shreds. But you investigated, you you were thoughtful, and I think our listeners will appreciate it. I think oh, it's well, a Strader Lab signature to, have, to, to pick a topic that you'd think we'd all drag, but then in fact we find a way to appreciate it. Yeah, that's that's so sweet. I've had a wonderful time. I did want to ask, did you guys were you guys inspired to do this podcast because you both have such straight names? Ooh, interesting. Hmm. 
Yes. Um, a hundred percent. Yep, that was it. Okay, just wanted to check. I thought so. I feel like Sam is um bisexual, a bisexual name. Yeah, Sam is like also just like a woman yeah, named Sam, Sam is the hottest. Girl thing. Sam is a bisexual name. Yeah, that's, yeah true. that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Well, there's time, Sam. <laughs> there's hey. time. Well, Sam, as as we learn, starts selling uh, uh just estrogen, just unregulated. <laughs> Yeah, them is just gonna start selling estrogen. <laughs> yeah, and also we'll all age no, no, them's, anyway. Them's sells estrogen. Them sells out. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, great. Well, honestly, I'll see everyone when we're all old lesbians, and we'll do a big reunion, and we'll all have aged so gracefully. That's right. Beautiful. Great. Okay. Bye. Bye. bye.